Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit AuditBoard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Today, we have Michelle Bennett. She's the Senior Director of Risk Management and Internal Audit at Cable One. Um, she has about a decade uh, in risk management, and then she came to Cable One. She'd been there for a couple of years and, and took on internal audit also, so risk management and internal audit. And so that's kind of the broadly the topic of discussion was those two roles and how you got acclimated or how you can get acclimated to internal audit with without having that background or like being a career internal auditor um so some of the, the specific things we talk about are you know big initiatives once you took over once michelle took over the internal audit department how to get caught up to speed with audit considering you know the risk management background um anything that struck michelle as odd you know like you come into internal audit now and it's kind of like, well, why do we do that? That doesn't really make a lot of sense. So I was curious about Michelle's opinion on, you know, if there's anything that, you know, just like weird <laughs> that she thought about audit once she kind of got to know it a bit better. Um, and then, you know, what's the difference between risk management and internal audit as far as responsibilities go? And and then how the relationship with the audit committee changed after taking over the internal audit responsibilities. So that's, again, largely the kind of overarching theme of the show was the risk management and internal audit role. So if you don't know a lot about risk management and the role they can play, then um, this is a pretty interesting episode. We also, towards the end, go on this tangent about movies, and we kept it in because Michelle told me she's kind of a pop culture nerd. So I thought it was appropriate to keep a, a little pop culture conversation going on in there. Also, uh, we play a game of, um, wait, what was that movie? Oh, it's the one you know with the guy. He was in the other one with that same guy. Yeah, that movie, that one. Um, end up being we finally figured it out after is the the movie we were referring to was the illusionist so if you, <laughs> you listen through the whole episode that might make a little bit more sense uh, a couple other things we talk about is the CAE, cae forum that michelle's a member of and that was kind of you know like how do you how do you get caught up to speed in internal audit well she joined the cae forum um, that's hosted by Jason Medford and Hal Guerin. You might remember Jason was on episode 16 of the show. Hal was on episode 35 of the show. So they have a, a CAE forum for chief audit executives and audit leaders to basically um, bounce ideas off of and, and share issues with in, in terms of leadership and things like that. So a really, really good resource. So we put a link to the, um, the CAE forum in the show notes. And then Michelle also talks about 
the Be Like Josh Foundation, and I'm just going to read directly from the website. So this is from the Be Like Josh Foundation. The Be Like Josh Foundation is a nonprofit organization dedicated to celebrating humans and animals with special needs. Our foundation helps to rescue, rehabilitate, and rehome dogs with special abilities, and we visit elementary and high schools to promote kindness and inclusion. And so um, some of Michelle's friends run this um, this foundation, so she gave them a shout out. And after looking at the website and seeing their mascot, um, not only that, but then in addition to what their, their cause is, it's kind of hard not to support that cause after you hear what they're doing. Um, I definitely bought a t-shirt. Um, so I highly recommend if nothing else, checking out the, the, uh, their merchandise. They have a, <laughs> a really good mascot. So we are kind of all over the place on this one, which, um, I think is a good thing. So I hope you all enjoy. Here we go. So you are like your background is risk management and then you came into internal audit recently relative to like your, your career, um, right. I think it's been a couple of years now since you've been in the risk and internal audit role, but right. I was curious, like, what was it that helped you transition into internal audit or like, um, kind of figure out what's going on in internal audit and get caught up to speed? Yeah. Um, so I, I think just a natural curiosity about, about things and, and wanting to ask, a, ask questions and, and kind of get to, you know, uh, and I'm still learning, by the way, it's not, um, <laughs> I don't think that's ever going to stop. Um, but I, I think that I'm also um, a person who, who surrounds myself with people who are better at it than I am. Even, you know, in my peer group from a risk management side, I've, I've got lots of um, people in my network that I lean on. And, and so, um, you know, that, and they become, they become close friends that, that i put into what I would quote, um, you know, and, and a, a friend of mine and I call it the, uh, the off the ledge club, which is those people that you um, can talk to um, very frankly about things that are going on and get advice um, about, is this really me or is this, you know, is, is this kind of how it is across the board? And so, um, and, and, our team really that we have um, within the company is, is another place. They have uh, taught me so much um, just in, you know, observing what they do and how they do it. And so um, every day is, is a little bit different than the last. And, um, you know, also good external partnerships as well. I think having that trust built up with maybe an organization that's there and um, from an external staff augmented kind of perspective or, or cons consulting in, in, in those various different things, lean on those folks too and ask those questions and say, am I doing it right? Um, so, and really and truly the more fulfilling part for me has been um, the leading part and the leadership um, part of it to kind of get through um, helping other people develop and grow in their, in their roles as well. Yeah. So. I like the, the, um, you're talking about the people that like the push you off the ledge people. Um, I, I almost save you off the ledge, save you. <laughs> save you from pushing. Yeah. From falling off the ledge. Okay. <laughs> maybe, uh, the ones that'll catch you if you fall off the ledge is maybe. That's you. Okay. That's you. Um, but then I was thinking stop like. Stop you from jumping. Yeah. Stop. Yes. Yeah. And if you happen to jump, maybe you have another group of people down there to catch you, but. Yes. Um, 
like I almost take pride. I was thinking about this earlier this week, like in being the dumbest person in the room, because that means I've surrounded myself with people that know more than I do. Like why I, I wouldn't want to surround myself with people that know significantly less than I do. Cause there's no value to me there. Totally. Uh, I've, I've said often, you know, about some, some other things, like if I'm the smartest person in the room, there is something really, really wrong. <laughs> I totally agree with you. So what about, so you came into this role in internal audit. Um, have there been any initiatives? Like what was maybe like your, your, your big initiative or like a primary initiative once you came in? Well, I think, you know, for, for us, we're part of a, a company that has um, a really long, rich history um, as itself um, and, and a kind of a young developing history as, as a standalone public company. And so um the internal audit function to the company is still relatively new um, and is mostly um, SOX assurance oriented. And I think that um, our leadership, um, the business management and, and the board would really like um, the internal audit function to grow and develop into something that can be, you know, can, can, do the assurance stuff very easily um that necessary non-value add kind of bucket of stuff but then transition and and do more value add um advisory um or or business oriented assurance things that um you know whether it whether it be identifying waste in an area or or helping Another, another part of the organization beef up its processes um, for, for, you know, efficiency. Um, we, have, we have a couple of strategies where it speaks um, directly to that point. And, and so find a better way is one of those things that, that is constantly in our minds as our mantra. Um, just about everything that we do or that we want to touch has that tone to it. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the big initiatives, I mean, I think first and foremost, it's, it's really about the relationship building back with the business. So I know that that sounds less maybe internal audity um, from, from, a, from an old school rigid view of internal audit, but we're not going to be able to do those other whiz bang cool things that help the business without um, a lot of grace and trust kind of built into those relationships. And so um, that I think has been our, our, one of our biggest priorities as we try to get our arms around, you know, getting, getting very um, efficient and up to speed on the SOX assurance piece while also, you know, sussing out what's going on within the organization. Yeah. But the, I thought it was interesting when you talked about grace within a relationship. What did you mean by that? Well, I think nobody's perfect. Um, and as human beings, we're all going to mess up and step in it from time to time. Um, and, and I think the hope is that you don't step in it so deep that you can't get out of it. But I think that's where that grace comes in. And, and you know, I'm still learning. Our team is still learning. Um, and so as we continue to explain and demonstrate 
um, internal audit's purpose and capabilities to the organization. There may be some times where there's a little bit of um, what I call sandpaper moments between you know, ourselves and another part of the organization. And those are learning moments. And that's where I think um, in that relationship, they may know who I am um, and know that my primary function at the time was risk management. And so that's this a little bit different, but they may not understand that because like I said, internal audit is a fairly new, new thing for the organization. Um, so other areas of the organization that maybe haven't or other people within the organization that maybe haven't had that interaction um, with uh, internal audit may perceive that maybe we're not as helpful as we could be yeah. or, um, or that we should be doing more. Um, and I understand that impact, um, but that's when we have to really kind of sit back and get comfortable into that place of, well, we, we, we could, um, but there are two pillars of what we're trying to do here to, to stay within, within our boundaries. And I think, yeah, that's another, um, that's another facet of relationships that I think is not given enough um, understanding that is boundaries. And I think boundaries are an incredibly fair thing. And I think some of the best relationships that you have in both personal and professional lives are the ones where boundaries are very clear and distinct um, because it allows you to operate more freely and be like, I know that I'm not going to go over to this little topic and area because that's off limits. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about it. And I don't have to worry about you getting upset if I go over there because it's been made clear. Um, so I think that that's all part of the mix too. Yeah. Is there anything like when you came into internal audit that you were just like, wait, what, you know, like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense or, or, or just anything that, you know, kind of struck you. Well, I think it was just, I think that the way that it maybe was, um, intending to, to move forward at the time, um, was possibly mismatched for what the organization wanted or needed. Okay. Um, you know, and, and my philosophy is business enabler and that's how I see risk management and that's how I would, you know, I'd hope to see the internal audit side as well. Um, but also for the leadership and development of the audit staff, um, I think the thing that didn't make sense to me was this perception that the audit staff had been maybe more sheltered than, um, than I think would have made sense to me by like, you can't be sheltered and build the relationship. Um, the relationship requires vulnerability, which I think by that definition does not allow you to be sheltered. Um, and so I, I, I think um, once we kind of reestablished the concept of being comfortable with being uncomfortable um, and getting folks out to meet other business leaders within your organization, you know, and also to get the tools necessary for them to continue to grow and learn, whether it be, you know, external webinars or, 
you know, whatever it was, um, now we can operate from, from, I think, a more dynamic space um, versus that rigid box that um, maybe was there before. Gotcha. What is the difference between risk management for those that don't know and audit? Like, what is the, is there a line in the sand or, or what are the, the, the roles and responsibilities you would say? Um, yeah, so I, I would say that, that uh, they are, they're lovely cousins um, and they are um, part of those three lines of defense, right? As you think about it in the more technical um, space. Um, but realistically, they dovetail nicely with, with the things that they look at and are concerned with. Um, you know, and, and it depends on the, it depends on the appetite and the, uh, what I would say, the, the appreciation for risk management within an organization that, um, the, the risk manager or the, or the risk executive has a seat at the table to talk, you know, kind of all things risk, but, you know, it's a really big nebulous job that they cannot do by themselves. And, you know, some organizations have really large teams because they see the value in that. Um, and some organizations are run very, very lean. And so you have one, you know, expert and professional that maybe uses some external consulting, you know, kind of similar to how audit shops might be in, in other organizations. Okay. Just how, how lean that they run and how, far and wide their touch and purview is. Um, so in, for me, um, I would view my, my role in risk management sort of more traditional risk management and concerned with the, you know, operational and hazard risks for the company and then finding a way to, um, to transfer those risks or, or um, through some financial mechanism, either by an insurance contract or, you know, um, taking on more risk and retaining it um, through some other, you know, financial means um, to finance that risk and the mitigation effort. And then as part of my um, traditional risk management role, I'm working very closely with safety and operations and um, our IT and technology groups um, to, to understand, you know, what's keeping them up at night and how do we mitigate those things? Um, you know, and, and so there's leading efforts based on, you know, what industry and is telling you, uh, and what, what your sector of industry should be concerned with. Um, and then there's those lagging indicators of what your, your work comp auto general liability, whatever those claims are telling you. Um, because there's mountains and mountains of data that you could ream through uh, with your loss history to say, okay, well, this, this issue is a frequent issue. We need to do something about it um, because it inevitably frequency is going to lead to a severity problem. Or you have, you know, everything's kind of percolating nicely. You've got things moving like a well-oiled machine and then um, a pandemic hits and you've got to, <laughs> pivot your way of thinking about things and, um, and move into modified operations. And so, and through that, you might have a spike 
um, with a severity issue because things are different now. Yeah. Um, and, and so I'd say that that along those things that dovetail, um, they might be looking at the same things, but they might be treating them differently. Hey everyone, thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We wanna say thank you again to our sponsors over at AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy to use audit risk and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit AuditBoard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. And the more complex that you go through in like a risk financing posture, like if your company wants to take on more risk, you find different ways to do that, mm -hmm. right? You either do that, you know, again, through a traditional insurance policy where you, where you pay a dollar amount to an insurance company who says, yes, I will take care of that for you if that happens. Yes. Um, or you start your own little insurance company through the means of a captive and you, you finance the, the, the consequences, if you will, of, of those exposures. Gotcha through your own pool of money, which has, um, you know, various different tax benefits and, um, you know, you, it's balance sheet protection at the end of the day, um, depending on how, how your organization chooses to, to operate with risk. Gotcha. And I was thinking with you coming from risk management, going into internal audit, there would, I would assume be a, maybe a new relationship with the audit committee um, yes and no. Um, yes, from a more frequent standpoint and, and a new relationship because it's the addition of that role. Um, I was generally uh, reporting at least once a year, um, maybe twice a year on, um, on the, you know, basically the risk management, uh, year in review, how renewal went, are we properly insured? Um, what are our expenses where insurance is looking like? What are the trends around um, cyber and directors and officers insurance looking like? Um, and then another time um, or another report out to the audit committee would be around our enterprise risk management framework. You know, what's going on there and um, what's on the horizon. So not, not completely new, but certainly, um, the depth and breadth of, of that relationship has changed. Okay. I can't remember if we talked about this last time, but I have to ask being um, in IT and, and so on, because I know you are like, even just from your presence and, and talking to you, you're very clearly like a very strong leader. Um, and I'm curious what, what you're, no, you don't think so? Well, you, yeah, you rely on on what value my my team um sees in what i'm giving to them and and hopefully i can i can continue to grow as a leader and give that to them so yeah well i think so and if you don't well then at least the perception's there and that's reality so take that for what it's worth uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so amongst like 
people anyway, like, and I guess what I, what I'm saying is like, I would definitely work for you. Like there's some people you talk to and I go, yeah, I'd work for that person. And you would be one of those people. Cool. Um, but I'm curious what your, your leadership approach is relative to tech. And so like, obviously in, in, in I mean, in audit, we talk a lot about analytics and automation and stuff like that. So I'm just curious if there's any, if there's been initiatives towards, towards that. Yeah, I think, I think as, as, as the amount of work changes and shifts and as the complexity of that work changes and shifts, I think the more that we can do to automate maybe the easier things um, and free up a little bit of more of that time, the better off I think we'll all be. I think we're making efforts to do that. And then also data mine, um, which I think would be tremendously helpful. Um, you know, we've been looking at some, um, we've been looking at some audit software options. Um, we haven't um, decided on anything and um, we're still probably a ways off from making a decision, but we know that that time is coming soon because I think that's a, that's a tool. Um, again, thinking about finding a better way, thinking about making it easy, thinking about all those things together kind of fits nicely in that. And I think, um, back to that point about becoming super efficient, um, where that necessary non-value add stuff is concerned makes you better in that other cool stuff that you, you want to do, um, more of. And a good way to put it. Yeah. And I think, I think software just kind of helps you with that. And, um, my other philosophy where that's concerned is that, because I feel strongly about this from a risk management side and especially kind of where claims and things are concerned. Um, you know, AI, I think is, is an interesting conversation. I wonder um, though, if, I don't think we're ever going to really replace the gut instincts of a person who has done it. Because yep. um, there are nuances that, you know, you will hear in a conversation or that you will pick up on in an email. And there's, I'm, I'm sorry, I just think experience is going to be that thing that makes you kind of sit up and pay attention to it mm -hmm. versus oh, well, this is just X statement and it didn't correlate with this. So we're not going to pay attention to it. Yeah. Well, what, if I don't pay attention to it, well then now what would have been, and I'll just use, I'll use the claims thing as an example. What would have been a $500 uh, claim, guess what? That now turns into a $5,000 claim. And, and so I don't know. I just, I just don't think you're going to get, you're going to ever, build a better mousetrap than the human instinct. Is it, did you read that somewhere? Or did you just come up with that? Uh, it may have been an amalgamation of lots of things that I've read, but that's kind of how I feel about it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I read it anywhere specifically, but, but um, I don't know. I just, uh, there's things that I see and things that I read. And um, I, I did hear a colleague once describe to me that, that experience um, is much like seeing a movie 
And the more times you watch that movie, you know exactly what's going to happen in that movie. And so that's the kind of the, the way to describe experience to somebody. And I was referring to the mousetrap analogy specifically. Oh. <laughs> not, not the whole spiel. Not like, oh, what, did you just read that? It doesn't sound like you know what you're talking about. The mousetrap analogy specifically. I was like, that's a... That's no, a I, well, I mean, there's... Everybody talks about mousetrap. I love that game as a kid, by the way. I thought it was an awesome game. Yeah. Uh, well, I thought it was funny. You're talking about like, you know, you're watching the same movie over and over. I've been trying to watch The Prestige. Have you ever seen that? Oh, yeah. I love that movie. So th uh, when that movie came out, there was another movie that came out and they were both about like magic. And I forget what the other ones, but it was like magic. And then it was set in like the 1800s or something. Yep. And I can't remember the name of the other movie. I know I'd seen that other movie. And my wife for like, I would see The Prestige on whatever, Amazon. Yes, whatever. The, other one, the other one was with Ed Norton. Uh-huh. And I can't remember. I know exactly what you're talking about though. Yes. Yeah. And they like around the same time also. Yep. And I was like, um, I was like, yeah, the prestige. I've never seen that. And she's like, yeah, we did. I saw that with you in Charlotte. Like we used to live in Charlotte. And I was like, no, I don't think so. Like, I think I would have remembered that. And even then, like I would start it. And I remember when I finally did rewatch it recently uh, or not when I finally got to watch it, which was last weekend, um, I saw the opening scene and I was like, Ooh, maybe I have seen this. And it's because, we had seen the opening scene when she said, no, I've seen this. And I said, no, I haven't. And then when I played it, she said, yeah, I remember this. We've seen this. And I went, okay, I guess, I guess we have seen this. So I saw the opening scene and I was like, like, maybe I have really. And then it kept going on anyway. Or is that one of those circumstances where you, you just know to agree with your wife? Yes, it was. Good. Yeah. Uh, usually when it comes to movies, uh, movie picking and stuff, uh, we, we find a middle ground and I know like, uh all marvel action that kind of stuff like she goes to bed early i'll come downstairs and watch it you know once she's so anyway <laughs> i watched that movie and then i was like that you know it was just like twist 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 i got you i got and then it finally you know ended and i was like i didn't know what was going to happen and uh i've only i've only done this like once or twice but i don't like i don't think i could re-watch that movie enough and be able to have picked up on all the little things and like, so I Googled, like, explain the ending of that movie. Yeah. And read for like probably 30 minutes about all the little things, you know, that were in it, um, about like the foreshadowing that was going on. I was like, I never would have, never would have picked up on that. But anyway, that has nothing to do with anything we're talking about other than like, I could watch that movie a hundred times. And if I didn't read about how, like what was actually going on, I never would have picked up on some of those little hints. Well, I feel the way you feel about that movie is the way I feel about Tenet. I don't know if you saw Tenet. Um, that's the new. The new uh, Christopher Nolan film. Yeah. I have, I've watched it. I know I've watched it. I watched it um, probably a solid one and a half times. Uh -huh. um, and I still don't have a clue what's going on from start to finish. Yeah. Um, and I love movies and, and, and things like that. And I just, I'm going to have to watch it again. Obviously. So, um, that was the, like, once theaters finally opened, I think that was like the only movie that was out. Like that was the yes. only new movie that was out. And so um, like, we've been cooped up. We can't send our kid. He's two and a half. We can't send him to our, my parents cause they're high risk and all that kind of stuff. And he's a kid. So he's, you know, probably had it five times by now. And so we finally get to go to the movies and I'm like, we're watching trailers and stuff. And we watch like four and I was like, it's Tenet, right? Like, that's clearly the best one. That's the one we're going to see. And she's right. like, 
I don't think so. That didn't that didn't appeal to me, and I was just like, come on. I, I don't know what we watched, but it wasn't good. Uh, but anyway, so that'll be another one that you know it'll be. Uh, you know, she's tired at nine o'clock on a Friday, and I watch it by myself, kind of movie. Like apparently, uh, movie night, movie night for Trent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, it'll have to be. I'll have to play in multiple movie nights to watch that one. Yeah, it's it's it. a mind bender for sure. I mean, any Christopher Nolan film, yeah. mind bender. So yeah. Yeah. What's the with Leonardo DiCaprio? Oh, that. Uh, yeah, that one is. Oh, I'm blanking on it. In Inception. Inception. There we go. Um, Work. We made uh, that. We made it happen. Nice. I was like, that's the guy that did, did Inception, and she was like, no. And I was like, it's Inception, and I've probably seen that four or five times. Like, that's fantastic. Yes, exactly. Cool. Okay, so is there anything you want to leave the audience with? Uh, well, uh, I I want to uh, definitely um, give a a high five hooray shout out to my to to my team within our organization um that's john caitlin and jim uh they do really phenomenal work um and they help keep me sane so uh definitely give them um give them some notice um the other thing I wanted to just highlight is um, for, for folks who uh, might also be new to the internal audit profession and field, um, Jason Mefford and Hal Guerin uh, do a um, CAE forum, uh, Chief Audit Executive Forum, that folks might be interested in participating in. Lots of great content. Um, you know, concentrating on leadership and relationship building, right? And I think that's some of the things that we were talking about. Um, and so I would highly recommend um, people check that out. And then the last thing is I would just uh, uh, ask people to check out the Be Like Josh Foundation. Um, it is an it is a animal rescue foundation um, that helps animals that are born with uh, cerebellar hypoplasia. I probably said it wrong, but um, they, they do some really amazing work. Um, Kimberly and Andrew do some really phenomenal work with these animals, fostering, finding homes, um, and educating folks. Sometimes people um, you know, look at animals with, with those um, conditions or other disabilities as too daunting and they don't get, they don't get adopted. Um, but there's no reason why they don't bring joy to other people. So um, they do really great work. If, if uh, you know, they've got some really cool swag, check out their website or whatever. Um, or if you're so inclined to make a donation to what they're trying to do. So that's it. I think that's great. Yeah, we'll definitely link to their website and the uh, the CAE forum. You know, we've had Jason on, was on the show um, a while back and Hal was on, I think maybe just, two or three weeks ago. So they're fantastic resources to be able to have those people to, to not only just like leadership um, and relationships and things like that, but, but, you know, to be like, Hey, I have this audit question, you know, as an audit leader and to have their, I don't even know their combined years of experience, but you know, you follow them for plenty. It's just, plenty. Yeah. Uh, I can remember many conversations at the, at the start where I wasn't even a part of the C CAE forum yet. And how I uh, was always super patient in hearing out my issues and um, 
And I would ask him those, like I said, those, those off the ledge kind of questions too. Um, so the, the, whether they know it or not, they're honorary members. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I'll pass that along to them sometime soon. But yeah, absolutely. Well, like I said, we'll link to those in the show notes. So um, those that want to um, donate, like you said, I think that would be fantastic. Um, or those that want to be a part of the forum or get in touch with Jason or Howard or, or um, anything along those lines, they can certainly do that. So Michelle, thank you very much. It was a fantastic conversation. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Hey everyone, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere, so please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review, and it really helps to get future guests to come on the show, so we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.